Welcome to Profiles, a three-part podcast that dives deep into the lives of promotional products professionals. Profiles is brought to you by Americana. When you need American-made, you need Americana. And with free 24-hour rush service, you'll get it fast. Americana, jar openers, coasters, mouse pads, chamois towels, and more. Hello, and welcome to Promo Corner's new podcast, Profiles, where we'll be talking with longtime industry professionals about their experiences and their take on the promotional products world today. I'm your host, Steve Woodburn. Joel Schaefer, founder and president of Soundline, is our profile guest this month, and in episode one, told us how he got into this crazy business in 1968 after seeing a distributor present ideas to his father, who owned a clothing store. In 1986, after working for a year to get fired by his employer, he was, and he started Soundline, knowing the one-year severance package would sustain him through the launch of his new venture. So, what changes has Joel seen on the distributor side since he started Soundline in 1986? Monumental. I won't say catastrophic, because catastrophic is, could be in our future, but monumental is, is what it was. I, I've always said that um, our, our, what we do goes back to Bible times. Uh, the 12 tribes of Israel use promotional products, and I'm not being facetious. Each of these tribes of Israel, and you're talking thousands of years ago, had a, had a crest, had a shield. They had flags in battle. So branding interpreting by a crest or a shield or a flag goes back forever. But our industry goes back into the late 1800s when a lot of wanderers said, what else can I make? What else can I do? And they discovered what we, what most of businesses always called special markets. And what line of products has he seen grow from a minuscule piece of the business in 1968 to almost half of industry sales today? The only apparel that was here were really painters caps and a couple of little hodgepodge things. And today, how has the industry changed? Apparel is about 40, 40 40% of the average distributor sales. When I joined the industry in 1968, it was not. There was no demand for branded apparel. It wasn't something that you would walk in and see. There were uniforms with embroidery, but really not branded apparel as we know it right now. Imagine being a distributor today without having apparel to sell. I don't know if you would survive. And it was really one of the uh, fertilizers to become a growth industry. Today, placing an order is easy peasy compared to how it used to be in the dark days before computers were prevalent. Back then, how did distributors get orders to suppliers? There was only one way to do it, and it was called U.S. Mail. So you would write up the order on a business form, and there was a company out of Philadelphia called Fine Business Forms. Everybody ordered this three-part carbon business form. Uh, You would then put it in this thing called a typewriter, and you would type away uh, your purchase order to the supplier. You would then have to send a piece of black and white artwork, generally black and white. They were called ad slicks, and it was a logo. It said IBM. It said NBC. There was no four-color peacock. It was a simple black and white logo in most cases. And you would have to cut a piece of that ad slick on high gloss paper that was usually done on the outside. Client would give it to you. You'd attach it to the order and you would send it from, let's say, New York City to Chicago, Illinois. It would take three, four, five days to get there. Then they would, if you wanted a proof, they would send you back a proof. It would take three, four, five days to get back to you. 
And then it was all said and done on your telephone call. You would confirm that, yeah, everything's fine. Go ahead with the order. And it would take two weeks to manufacture. So a pen order would take maybe four weeks from the minute you write the order to the time your customer could expect delivery. That is unacceptable today. You want it when? Tomorrow morning. Just in time is not even what our industry has changed into. It's, I'd like it to ship before I give you the order. And that's how much the industry has changed for the better, except sometimes the customer is so trained to give you unrealistic deadlines. They're ordering too late and they know they can push you to the brink of doing it. So way back then, it was a very different world of communication, of transportation, and the availability of source and supply was much tighter than it is now. There weren't 250 sources for pens. There were five or 10 reliable, powerful sources for pens. It doesn't make it better that there are more sources for writing instruments. It makes it in many cases more confusing. And what about changes on the supplier side? So at the time I entered the industry, I could be wrong, so I could be checked by somebody, but I'm pretty close. There were 400 manufacturers who wanted to do business in the ad specialty business. And to do that, they agreed that they would sell only through ad specialty people, but they would not be identified. They would be mysterious people. You wouldn't know their brand. They had no brand. You know, you would go out and at that time, Waterman was a pen but if somebody was going to make pens available in this industry, no brand. It was just a name. It was an ASI number. There was no Sage Distributor Central or any other database. So it was an ASI number. And that ASI number would be on a catalog and it would say uh, a line name, a line name, not the company name. It would say Rocket Pens. Well, there was no internet. So where, where do you find Rocket? There's no such company. It's a line name. So the actual manufacturer would not be known. And you go out, the salespeople would go out with a catalog and then surrender that order. So there were 400 suppliers who wanted to do business with you and the product line was so limited, nothing had batteries. That's an overstatement, but you know, there were clocks that came out of Italy and such, but basically nothing had batteries. Nothing had a plug and you couldn't wear anything at that time. So again, ask yourself as you're listening to this, would I be in business if I had items that didn't have batteries? You'd have to work a lot harder to sell things that didn't have batteries and things that didn't have a plug and things that couldn't be worn. So that's a summation of what was there at that time. While the advent of the Internet's impact on our industry wasn't immediately apparent, over time it's changed everything. From how orders are submitted, as Joel related, to how distributors search for product and who they buy it from. So what does he see in his crystal ball for future relations between suppliers and distributors? I uh, forecasted doom and gloom, and I'm wrong, fortunately. I thought ultimately all of this would lead to a separation of our industry. I still believe it. You insulate yourself in this industry if you become a true promotional consultant. You become a true agency because commodities are now too easily available through Alibaba direct from China, online direct from manufacturers who don't want to come into our business. And even our distributors 
are buying commodities outside when they go to a company like um, Vistaprint. Vistaprint will sell to Peter, Paul, and Mary, as well as to any distributor. So with those are the commodity type sales. And I believe this industry will fragment into some suppliers right now will go direct ultimately and maybe leave this industry or try to walk the fine line. And there is a way to walk the line with this industry for the benefit of both you and the distributor. And some suppliers will stay loyal. However, on the distributor side, if they want to go after commodity business and they get a bid request where everything is so well defined, you got to look at that bid request and say, do I really want to spend my time on this? Obviously, my, my buyer has a source and they're just looking for a price. And I can't afford to get in here. And I certainly, if I could, I don't think I can afford the margins because printers mark things up like 10%, 5 to 10%. So the internet is, is fantastic to bring business. But the internet, ultimately, in my opinion, will have tremendous influence. And it is now. We all know it. We see these chat lines and chat groups, even from a corner. And, you know, people who talk, they, they all say, for how, you know, my customer went and found this and found that. How do I compete? And so on and so forth. So uh, the internet is going to see two businesses come out of it, the commodity area and the consultant area. Both have futures. And I think a distributor needs to figure out how they can tell their client they're commodity people, but they're also consultants. And for Promo Corner, I've written a couple of columns on how to segregate your business by simply saying, well, we'll have our, we'll, we'll have our commodity brokers look at this and see if we can get you 10,000 coffee mugs. Yet, the creative side of it is we'll have our promotional consultants sit down with you and talk about some strategies to help you brand and market your business. And, as he notes, outsourcing and software have made life easier in many ways for industry practitioners. Well, this is the cycle, and we are now entering the cycle where there is so much software to facilitate your business, so many communication tools, so much everything, uh, is that it is easier today for a distributor to run a very efficient office, very efficient office, at a lower cost than ever before. Same thing with the supplier. I cannot begin to tell you how many supplier orders are placed by you. They're sent over the email. They are entered in places like India, translated. Everything is prepped. The artwork is prepped. And before the doors open at the U.S. manufacturer, the order is sitting there ready for the, the, the acknowledgement has already gone out. And the proof has already gone out. And the back office, it's cost jobs, but the back office has transferred somewhere else. Not customer service. Our industry does not like outsourcing of customer service. However, the back office has. So with all of this network of utilities to run your business, I see the era of consolidation changing on one side with distributors not necessarily on the supplier side, because the average supplier, when I served on the PPA board of directors, was under 5 million, majority, probably 70%. And it's very tough right now to spend money, do, go to market, and do what you got to do with an under $5 million gross supplier. So 
these companies are gobbled up. All industries have their challenges, and ours is no different, especially given the new post-pandemic world we face. So I first asked Joel, what is it our industry does well? Well, Our our industry um, does well. It provides solutions, but it's what we do and what we deliver to the buyer that they just don't realize what we deliver. You know, we're, we're their custodians of their artwork to make sure everything is guarded right. We're their, we're their price mongers to realize that uh, if we do a reorder, we're probably not going to do the setup charge. We can do this. We can do that. We're their order expediters because we can get to the airport on Saturday because they need the T-shirts for Saturday night. Um, we're the ones who know cons- uh, consumer product safety and go, uh, 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 you can't do that. This is dangerous. Don't do this. There's lead. There's this. There's that. Nightlights for children and pails that could go over their heads. So we're, we're, we're up on that. Uh, we're the ones who have the history of what works and what doesn't work. And he followed up with what we as an industry eh, don't do so well. What we don't do well is communicate what we do well. It is difficult. So what we don't do well is communicate what we do. And I will tell you straight out, if you looked at 200 websites today, they all look alike because they're all stuff. Because if I open up and most of these are canned websites provided by, and you people know who they're provided by, it's open up the front page and there it is, stuff, stuff, stuff. If that's what you want to communicate, go to it. But the same golf shirt may well be on somebody else's page at the cost you're paying for it. But we do not communicate the value added that we bring to the table. While most of us don't have a medical degree, Joel contends we all play doctor when consulting with our customers, be it on the distributor side or supplier side of the table. I earlier alluded to the fact that I consider us doctors Well, I consider us really the closest thing to us that I see and have always seen is that we are industrial psychologists. Now, industrial psychology gets a degree. It's a four-year degree generally, and people go in and take and they understand the human being and what makes them tick and what doesn't. There's a great story about the fact that productivity was increased because they increased the light in an office. And that's what an industrial psychologist goes in, says, okay, here's what are we doing, and here, how do we do this with the employees? How do we make them work harder, work longer, work happier, sneeze less, whatever it is? We do that. Except we're not sitting up there with esoteric psychological evaluations. We use our tools to help businesses accomplish what they want. So if anybody asks me truly, what do I, without any poetry, what do I really think we do? We are industrial psychologists. A constant issue in our industry is the fact we're considered a red-headed stepchild when it comes to advertising. The chance of ever finding a college-level class on promotional products is mm, slim to none. And both ad agencies and marketing companies look at us as something to be purchased, well, with whatever funds are left over after they plan the rest of their media buys. In our third episode, Joel talks about why we're an advertising afterthought, along with why volunteering can be a game-changer and what the acronym ARMOR stands for. From all of us here at Promo Corner, thanks for listening to Profiles. I'm Steve Woodburn. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Profiles. Join us again as we continue to explore the lives of people who have impacted our industry. 
Profiles was brought to you by Americana. When you need American-made, you need Americana. And with free 24-hour rush service, you'll get it fast. Americana, jar openers, coasters, mouse pads, chamois towels, and more.